We seem to always look upon death and the passing of our people and pets as uh, such a, a, a depressing and morbid experience. And a lot of the product surrounding that is very depressing to look at um, and has no sense of ceremony or, or celebration, if you like. So these materials were golds and reds and blacks and, you know, very beautiful, almost like royalty. So I felt I was dressing her like a princess and she was on a journey to see the gods and she was protected by these accessories on that journey and that's what they were meant to do was to protect her. Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I want to ask you what you'll do on your pet's final day. I know, it's something that no one wants to think about, but it is something that we will all face eventually. And that's why I'm excited to share this interview with you. I had a really special conversation with Natalie Venosi about a product she's created to change saying the final goodbye to our pets from a sad time to a sweet celebration of life. Natalie told me how family friends in Bali led her to discover the items that would go on to inspire the line of products for her brand, Sweet Goodbye. This story may cause some tears. I know it did for me, but I'm so grateful to have had this conversation and spark a mindset shift for myself and hopefully for you too. Natalie and I had so many other questions and business strategy topics that we wanted to discuss, but we just ran out of time in this interview. However, I think there's a huge strategy takeaway lesson here, and that is how powerful and impactful your personal story about your pet brand can be, even if it's about a topic that you feel like nobody wants to hear about, like our pets dying. Talking to Natalie opened my mind and my heart to discussing this topic more freely and in a more positive way. Are you ready? Enjoy the interview. Natalie Venosi is the founder of Sweet Goodbye. She established the Australia-based company after she learned about the unique farewell ritual of burial shrouds for pets when she was preparing to say goodbye to her beloved dark brindle staffy cross named Nikita. Sweet Goodbye offers beautiful handcrafted shrouds as part of its patented line of pet burial and cremation ceremony kits to help people cope with the difficult loss and to provide a special way to honor the passing of pets as cherished members of their families. Natalie is also the executive director of Pindari, a Supply Nation certified Aboriginal business in Australia. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you very much for having me. It's lovely to be here with you, Tori. I'm so excited to have you here. And and I just mentioned before we hit record that everything around pet burial and and saying goodbye to your pets is something that we all face that, you know, if you're on Instagram, you see it every day almost. Um, But it's something that nobody ever really wants to talk about. So I'm really excited to hear more about your business and, and the impact that you're making on so many people. Thank you. Yes, 
it's been an interesting journey and a huge learning for for us. It's always been a personal endeavour of mine to try and take care of our pets in a way that felt meaningful and that helped alleviate some of the remorse that I felt, certainly when I was younger and didn't have the, I guess, the the opportunity to know more or know better how to to take care of our pets um, at the end of their life, which is inevitable. And um, obviously, we all have to try and prepare ourselves for that, that day that comes. Um, in some cases it comes unexpectedly and that's very traumatic and in other time in other cases we have a little time to consider and be prepared uh, certainly if there's a terminal illness or just from 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 their aging and so forth so um, for me I have literally developed a business off the back of a personal experience that I recognized was able to not only help us as a family but was starting to you know assist my other friends and family members um, when their pets passed away and it evolved fairly rapidly into an opportunity to perhaps share that wider um, I, I, it wasn't a conscious or direct decision to enter the pet industry as such um, my background is certainly not anywhere near that space um, I've trained in hospitality and tourism and obviously we've been running um, the business of Pindari which is uh, uh, supplying labour and trades to the mining industry here and helping train Aboriginal people. So it's not something I have any experience in, uh, manufacturing, uh, marketing definitely. Um, I did have a marketing consultancy business for about 10 years off the back of my work with tourism um, but again in a very different space to the pet industry. So it was not something I uh, deliberately aimed to uh, enter uh, but subsequently decided that the offering of what I had discovered and and ultimately invented in a fit-for-purpose product was too great um, uh, an assistance to people in need um, such that we, we we went forward with it and 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 here we are now with you know a patented range of a very unique um, product that that ticks a lot of boxes on on, on a number of different levels yeah it, it is very unique and it kind of Reminds me of this quote that I'll just paraphrase, but you know, if you don't share your special creation or your special gift, you're kind of robbing people of whatever it is. Um, so I I can totally understand how you know your experience and seeing how it affected your friends and everything too. You know, you want to share that with people because losing your pet is one of the worst days, and so anything we can do to make it better. And like, I almost want to say more special. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think the, like the ritual aspect is something important that I never hear anyone talk about. Um, so I'm curious if you could kind of describe to people, cause I've looked at your website, um, and these are like really unique and how, how you came up with the design and, and maybe even what is a, a, a burial shroud for pets? You know, what, what does it look like? Okay, so it is a quite a long story. I'll try and keep it a little succinct because this has been a six-year journey so far to develop um, the product to what it is today. Um, essentially, this started, uh, Dave and I, my partner, visit Bali regularly. We have developed very strong relationships with a family in Bali over the last 20 years. 
Um, and on one occasion, uh, we currently we had two dogs in our home. One was Nikita and the other was Gypsy, who was uh, a couple of years younger. And while we were in Bali on this particular visit, I was speaking to Made, um, who was the who is the, the father and um, our friend of the family. We were actually at his little farm. He's an absolute dog lover, has six dogs now, and oh, funnily enough, often calls their new dogs names, names them after our dog names, but they're called <laughs> Bali Nikita or Bali Gypsy, which is really beautiful. So there's a real connection between us around our dogs um, and also just as family. We consider each other family now, and we've assisted them on a number of levels with uh, the development of their farm and building a home and a, and a bridge and putting infrastructure into their community and so forth. So while we were there, I sat down and I was talking to Made about Nikita being getting on and not looking very strong and knowing that that time was going to come near um, and not too far away. And I said to him, is there anything you think I could do and what would you do um, to help take care of her when, when I have to say goodbye? And he said, leave it with me and I have some things I'm going to get for you. And um, the day we were leaving, he actually gave me just a little shopping bag, plastic bag, with a number of beautiful things inside. And um, he took them out and he explained to me what they were for. And essentially, he has um, gathered um, beautiful uh, Balinese Hindu materials, which they would use for shrouding their humans. Um, but he has created small versions of them for me so cut them down so that they're a little smaller than uh, a human size Um, and it included a beautiful wrap um, a special overlay which was all very ornate and and beautifully made as part of that wrap Um, and also these lovely little uh, accessories Uh, they go over the ears and he said you put these over her ears and that will Um, help protect her on her journey to the gods and this beautiful chest piece as well. So there was all these adornments essentially that were all very beautiful and handmade using all their lovely natural materials. And he said she will look her very, very best when she meets the gods and they will welcome her into, you know, where she needs to be. And that's their way of thinking, um, you know, this the whole reincarnation and being and going through that journey to be welcomed to the gods is very much how they believe um, that, you know, their humans uh, go through that transition. And for them, it is not a sad occasion. It is a celebration and a ceremony of their life and making them as beautiful as possible to, to meet the gods and be welcomed by the gods into the next world. And I was absolutely beside myself, as you can imagine, Um, uh, very emotional and I couldn't believe this concept uh, that was that they were just doing regularly for their humans and their family members um, that he was able to consider passing to me to use for my dog because he understood that she was as good as any other family member uh, would be. And, of course, I took that home and it it was with me constantly, this little bag. Um, when we got home, I decided to put it away somewhere special. And, of course, the day that came um, when I had to call the vet, she actually had kidney failure and it was quite acute. And, unfortunately, it was it was just between Christmas and New Year, so it was a very difficult time. Um, it was warm and we were able to take her for her last swim and, and get some video footage and things like that, but she was unable to eat and, and drink uh, within, you know, for a couple of days and we knew the time had come. 
Um, when the vets came, I called them to come to the home for a home euthanasia, and they're always very supportive. They know me well and very, you know, wonderful about taking care of us um, and supporting us through, you know, these this experience. I took, I brought out all these pieces and they were absolutely overwhelmed with what we were going to do. And I immediately felt um, completely different to what I had felt previously when I had lost my dogs in the past, that I had a, I had some control. I was prepared. I was actually really together, which they couldn't grasp. Um, I felt I had a plan and that I was focusing on honouring her in a way that was fit for how much I loved her and how much she had given to us during her life with us. And that seemed to eliminate a lot of the, 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 the awful distress and trauma of the day. It gave me focus and it was extremely cathartic. So the idea of the materials is to, to lay her within the shroud and to adorn her with these beautiful accessories. And while doing that after she's passed, you're actually going through a closure moment you're actually touching um preparing making her beautiful and you know wrapping her so that she's protected when she goes into the earth um and she looked just so beautiful i i know it sounds bizarre but i even took a photo of her before when this was done because i wanted to capture that moment it is a moment of her life's journey it shouldn't be considered a morbid experience like we've always done in the past you know here in Australia we seem to always look upon death and the passing of our people and pets as uh, such a, a, a depressing and morbid experience and a lot of the product surrounding that is very depressing to look at um, and has no sense of ceremony or or celebration if you like so these materials were golds and reds and blacks and you know very beautiful almost like royalty so I felt I was dressing her like a princess and she was on a journey to see the gods and she was protected by these accessories on that journey and that's what they they were meant to do was to protect her and it made me feel so comforted um, that when Dave and I finally put her to rest, I felt at peace. I felt really at ease with what we had done and I felt so much less remorse. I was able to then move into a grieving stage of losing her physical being that, you know, she was no longer with us physically, but that sense of um, having done exactly the right thing by her was um, an an incredible um, improvement on what I've felt in the past and there are pets that I've lost, even a horse when I was 14 that I lost from colic that I've never really got over. Um, You just don't get over these things and you hold them with you because you feel so incredibly responsible for them. They are ultimately vulnerable and and their life and care is totally in our hands and and, um, that weighs very heavily on people like us that, that, you know, put out, you know, put everything into making sure that our, our life with our pets is paramount to, to everything we do every day. So it was a very big start to uh, a new way of thinking. And that's what I started to share with people. And event, my, um, my mum was actually the next person to say to me, when you go to Bali next, could you please bring me back the same thing? So when my dog is getting close to um, that time, I would like to be able to do the same thing. And that's how it all started, was from a simple little bag, a shopping bag of these beautiful accessories um, of of Hindu um, ceremony fabrics and accessories. That is just the most beautiful story. And I'm glad that you 
have been talking because I wasn't able to talk. <laughs> I could see your eyes. <laughs> I know. We're, I didn't want to go could, too far. <laughs> you could see my face was getting red and I was tearing up a little bit because that is just so beautiful. And I'm thinking of the last dog I had to say goodbye to and just how special it would have been to be able to do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, and it's it's and it's exactly what people have always said to me. Um, in fact, one story I always share is um, we have a media personality here in Australia called Dr. Katrina, and um, she is now one of our ambassadors. And I know that she, when I first got in contact with her, and she knew what we did, she's never really quite got over her. She had a dog on television called Toby, the Wonder Dog beautiful um, brown and white collie, um, credible dog, and was known Australia-wide. And she said, what people don't know is that when he passed away, I was alone and I had nothing to, to do. I had nothing with me and I didn't know what to do. And when the cremation company came to collect him, she was distraught because she felt she didn't have anything to to care for him with, nothing to wrap him in properly and, and things like that. And um, what we've done now has changed her life. And she says that, you know, she has since lost a couple more animals since then and we as Anna's always used sweet goodbye products. She has literally said it changed our life. Um, and she doesn't and no longer have to feel that level of guilt and remorse uh, for not having taken care of them the way that she knew that she should have or wanted to or felt it was needed to be done. We yeah. put that on ourselves. You know, I, I do understand that there's no one, <laughs> there's no, there's not a, a greater um, source out there forcing us to do these things, but it's within our, our hearts that we know we need to do something to give back, to make sure they are honoured and, and treated with the level of dignity that, that they deserve. Um, right. And, and it's a huge thing to, to consider when you could have and haven't done that, but you have to move forward and consider being able to do that now. Um, and we now change the way we think about how we do this and that there are now solutions and products available to make it a little bit easier that we can reach for and put in the cupboard for that for that time when that time comes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I have a um, I have a bag in my basement, <laughs> a Lululemon bag that's full of little dog booties and a, like a, a rear harness, you know, for if they're hips ever give, give out or something. And I call it my old lady dog preparedness <laughs> kit. And it's, you know, whenever I have the old lady dogs around uh, and I share this kit with friends when their dogs get to be that point where they can't stand up and get outside so easily anymore and stuff too. So I, I totally, this makes so much sense, this concept of having this. And, and I think having that bag or kit, you know, in your house, just feeling like you have, you're ready, you're prepared, you have your stuff. So if anything happens, um, it just gives you peace of mind. Yeah. Um, One of the things I've always said, Tori, because, you know, this comes up being prepared all the time and Australians are very different to um, the US market with respect to uh, stigmas attached to pre-buying things. They think they might jinx it and the animal, (laughs) they go and buy something around uh, passing away that their animal's going to die and um, they have to get start thinking you know outside of these superstitions but I always say that there's a, a little bit of discomfort in making that decision to purchase a product like ours alleviates a whole heap of pain and distress when that time actually comes because you actually do have a plan and I can't emphasize that more it's the it's the key 
to all of this is being prepared, particularly when um, this is time sensitive and we are always relying on freight companies and deliveries to, to reach people in time. If people could just understand that it's only a little bit of discomfort to make that decision and set up their little bag and put it in the basement and have it sitting there in readiness for when that time comes. The result is that when the time does come, the distress is so much less. And I could put a personal guarantee on that, knowing that that is absolutely what will happen. It will change the way you have to deal with that experience on that particular day and how you go forward from there afterwards with your grief. Um, It really does have a massive impact on on how we feel about losing our pets, really does. Yeah, I I can absolutely see that. And that seems to be like for me in in preparing to talk to you, I was like, this must be the biggest challenge is convincing people (laughs) that they should buy this in advance. Um, And so I was looking at your website and you do have kind of a section um, for veterinarians. So is that one of your kind of sales channels is, is working with veterinarians so that they have the, the kits at their office for people when the time comes, or are you focused more on direct to consumer? So the original business model was to supply directly to the vet clinics and practices and pet boutiques or cremation services, which are relatively still new, you know, and coming on uh, in Australia particularly. Um, We went through a a huge strategy of rolling it out as a wholesale product. And I've worked closely with vets since the very beginning. Of course, the vets who were there that day that assisted me with Nikita worked with me from there forward in developing a fit-for-purpose product because, of course, these shrouds, well, they were polyester, they weren't eco-friendly, there was a whole heap of things that I needed to adapt and adjust. So we went from that point on, we had to go through a huge design stage to get to the product we have now, which is all biodegradable, compostable materials, range of beautiful colours. We have carrying harnesses so that that people can lift and carry and and all of the wonderful things that we have within the functionality of the unit and why we've been able to patent it. But, of course, um, when we went through the process of wholesaling it, as much as the vets were were really screaming for a solution for themselves and for their clients, they realised that they actually had to sell the product and they started to feel very hesitant about being seen to profit from selling a product to their clients around um, around the passing of the pet. They they it's uh, they just didn't feel comfortable with it. There was also problems around stocking it, space, um, being able to focus on marketing it, promoting it. How do they broach the subject? Here in Australia, they were um, we're very conservative around the discussion around dying and death. Very hard to talk about. Very different to to over there which is why obviously we're focusing now on the US market, much more open, um, more comfortable talking about um, this con- this topic and, and subject matter and, and trying to find solutions and wanting to be far more proactive about um, dealing with it. It's sort of like um, happy to uh, go through that pain and discomfort, but because the solution is so much better and the outcome is so much better, so it's worth it. Whereas here it was very difficult. So we, we realised that although we were promised a lot from the industry around supporting us to wholesale it to their clients, um, we didn't have the partnership and the commitment from them when it actually happened. So when push came to shove, it we really needed them to partner with us more proactively because you can't, how do you tell someone they need a product when they don't know it yet? 
Um, and how do you have a, you know, a, a vet clinic as an influencer if they're not actually contributing to the promotion of it and actively talking to their clients about it? They, their business is, uh, is about saving lives and keeping pets healthy. So talking about the end of life and the passing of the pets is not something they want to broach until it absolutely have to. And then often it's just the passing, they're just handing over a brochure about cremation. Um, it's very much avoided and that needs to change. And I think it will change here given where we've come and the journey of um, our relationships with our pets and the need for managing um, compassion fatigue within the vet industry and so forth. So off the back of this whole experience, it enabled us to re- visit the design of our initial kit product, which had all the bells and whistles for people to use the product at home for cremation or burial, into a low-cost reusable product so that the vets were able to purchase the product as a tool within their own service provision. So it wasn't something they had to actually sell as a retail product to their clients. So in order to do that, we had to simplify it. We had to remove a lot of the costs. Um, we also had to make it reusable. And some of these functions came uh, from feedback that we actually received from attending conferences in the US as well, uh, speaking to more vets, speaking to palliative care specialists. And a lot of the feedback was that we don't need all these uh, bells and whistles. We are quite happy with a simpler product, but if we could reuse it um, and we could uh, purchase accessories for it at that a low cost, and then we could consider building the price into our services or just passing it on as a consumable. Um, And that's what we've managed to achieve. And that's what we call the care cradle range. So we've made it blue because we feel it's in the medical industry. Um, So we've kept to that sort of line. Um, It's still as beautiful as the kits, uh, but we've kept to one colour and we've made it very, very simple. And it's actually quite ingenious in the way that it it has the cradle it has an inner shroud and it has the ability to actually hold an absorbent pad, which is also biodegradable, um, such that that can manage any fluids that there may be. It means that animals can actually be euthanized on the care cradle and then beautifully wrapped and carried out with dignity. Um, The clients can be gifted the shroud if they choose to bury them at home. Um, And then the vets can actually take the cradle component back to the clinic and then just use new shrouds inside. So it's literally three pieces. Um, So the cost was much, much lower than what we have done for the the other kits, which obviously incorporate beautiful handmade wool felt in some and and cottons and colours and we have, uh, you know, memorial markers and lovely garlands and a booklet and all the things that actually help people manage the ceremonies themselves. Um, So we really feel that that whole process, as difficult and as disappointing as it was at the time, realising that the wholesale market at that level through the vet clinics here in Australia was not necessarily the right way or the time for us, um, it led us to develop the right type of product for them that fit exactly what they needed and fit their budgets. Um, And that's where we're about to roll that out now in the US. So we're really pleased that we got to it because to me, that was always my endeavour from the very beginning was to help the vets. The compassion fatigue that they suffer is enormous. And I knew that from the amount of time I've spent with clinics and the travel that I've done and the visits that I've made and the products that I've handed out as uh, as gifts and samples and so forth, that they were so embracing of having something to help them deal with the, the loss of their clients' pets because vets and vet nurses have the same relationships and build these um, these 
this close emotional ties to all the pets that they take care of just as much as the owners. And yet we forget that they're the ones that have to actually put them to sleep um, and take care of them through traumas and accidents and so forth. And yet they themselves don't actually have anything beautiful to, to take care of them with or to transport them with when they have to remove them from people's homes or right. even just take care of them in the clinic. So to me, it was fundamentally important for the, for the vets and cremation services to actually have a product that suited their needs and made it easier for them to deal with um, this part of the service that they have to provide. Well, it sounds like it was just kind of dis- disappointing that, you know, it didn't, your initial vision didn't work out, but it's almost better because now it's able to impact even more people. So it sounds like it worked out. It did. And that's what we call learning lessons and lessons learned. And we've always been, this is, you know, we are pioneering a whole new concept here. It's not just uh, a product, it's a concept and a way of thinking. We're approaching things differently. We're we're approaching the whole, um, you know, celebration of life through ceremony uh, for our pets. In in some ways, we've, we've only done that for humans in certain religions and things like that. So we've tried to incorporate all the best parts of how we should take care of saying goodbye to loved ones um, and present it in a way that is more joyful in its uh, aesthetic because it is very beautiful to look at. I believe it is. And we have the opportunity to create a number of different um, prints. You know, we'd like to do some Aboriginal designs and we'd like to do some Stars and Stripes designs. I think there's lots of wonderful things we can do because it should be more joyful and it should be more of a celebration Um, and at the same time it provides emotional and practical support to both the vets and and the 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 clients or the pet parents um, to be able to take care of their pets in a way that um, is is you know is most suited to dignity and honoring their pets for the life that they've they've shared with us this is just this is such a, a a wonderful like you said just a, a shift in how you even are thinking not it's more than a product it's just like a shift in your mindset and how we how we say goodbye to our pets so thank you so much for sharing this um you've definitely made me think about things and uh, I'm so just honored to be able to share this and and have whoever listens to it uh experience such, you know, the the beautiful story you had about Nikita and everything as well. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm happy to share it. And, um, you know, we'd like to do more and spread the message more about what we're doing because awareness is the key now. As I said, you know, it's hard to for people to know what they need when they don't know it yet and how much it will impact um, and change the way things are, um, are dealt with and, and how they may feel when that time comes. We feel from the bottom of our heart um, we are in this business to support the people, the people that make the product. Um, we didn't go into this business to make commercial gain for us. We have another company that does that. This was all about developing a concept that would help the vets, the pet owners, the the end-of-life services that are coming online all the time now, which is wonderful. It alleviates some of the issues that the vets have to deal with now with cremation services. Um, And we set it up such that uh, we have developing countries like 
Nepal and Bali, Balinese families and Nepalese families uh, manufacturing the product. And that's really important to us uh, from a funding point of view. We're happy to have contributed the funds to s- establish those, those uh, businesses and help them develop skills and so forth. And when we get to the point that the business is sustainable and we're making enough profits, we continue to share those with animal welfare charities. Um, this venture is all about the greater good and it was that, I guess, it's that uh, purpose that keeps me going and why we've continued, you know, uh, pushing what is very difficult to challenge, putting out a new product to market that's uh, something that people don't really want to talk about. Um, You have to be extremely determined and you have to be surrounded by very determined and compassionate people that absolutely love and support and respect what we're trying to achieve and people like yourself who have grasped uh, the concept and understand that and helping us share it. It's so important. So um, I think that those that are able to make that decision and purchase the product, knowing that the profits or the funds that go into that are helping other animals and helping people in need is actually a very cathartic um, part of the process as well. We always think, I think when you're grieving, helping others is often a, um, a good way to um, to help deal with your grief and um, uh, uh, pass through some of those uh, experiences as well. So we've yeah. tried very hard to make this a, a wholesome and eco-friendly and greater good concept, which which all sounds amazing, and it's, but it's extremely difficult and challenging and, and we've certainly yeah. hit a lot of barriers, but we're on a good path now and grateful to the US market to be so responsive to us. Yeah, well, I, I'm just, I'm excited to share this story and and thank you again. So now that Suikabai is expanding um, and becoming more available in the U.S., and most of my listeners are in the U.S., could you tell us where everyone can find you online? Sure. So at the moment, we're available on Amazon.com. Uh, we do have our own Shopify site now, and uh, you can find us at SuikabaiForPets.com. And we are currently working to set ourselves out at some more brick-and-mortar stores, so looking through some, obviously, with the vets for the care cradle. Um, there are a couple of pet cemeteries um, that we are hoping to work with and rolling out to some some pet boutiques and, and other like-minded organisations. The Humane Society, we are working with at the moment are very interested in stocking the products um, at some of their locations. So you will start to see it in some brick and mortar locations, but at the moment you can buy it online at, at Amazon or through our site at Shopify. And of course, Chewy.com has just started stocking our product, which was an amazing achievement. It took us many months to work through all of their technology and to get our listings live and to set up a whole new warehousing distribution system for Chewy. But um, we're very pleased to see that there are a number of purchases now happening and people accessing it and, and aware that the product is now available. So there are there are a few choices um, in the market at the moment and ours is one of the only choice that uh, in particular is suitable for uh, larger pets. Um, we we can take that claim at the moment that uh, there isn't anything else that you can you can um, go to for for larger pets and we can take pets uh, up to you know was 150 pounds I'm not sure and in your your yeah. weights we would say over 100 kilos here um, <laughs> but you know Great Dane Saint Bernards we've considered all sizes and of course we have very little products for little fairy friends right down to mice um, and and ferrets and turtles and you know in the 
in our cloud range. So we have the clouds, we have the cocoons, and of course we have the care cradles uh, for the for the vet industry. So the care cradle has its own uh, website, carecradle.com.au um, for the vets, and because of course that's very specific to the industry and um, that's accessible through there. So yeah, we are should be fairly easy to find if you type in sweet goodbye uh, yeah. cocoon, uh, you'll find us. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited to see it even more places and, and to hear more people talking about this. And thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you, Tori. We really appreciate your support and uh, look forward to having a chat maybe down the track another time. Yeah, absolutely. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear Wag Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wherewagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.